is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. And I'm Ken Charles from the KNX News Radio Studios in Los Angeles. People are returning to work, and guess what? COVID's showing up with them. We're starting to see the virus spread in offices throughout the country. Speaking of work, major companies are making it a point to mandate that their employees be vaccinated before returning to the office. Some, not all, but some are. Millions of Americans are in danger of being evicted, with federal protections about to expire over the weekend. And President Biden making it official, federal employees to get vaccinated or face regular testing. And he's announced other things, including a $100 payment if you get vaccinated. What about us? Who's paying us? You know, I've already been vaccinated. How about I get 200 for being vaccinated? If you get vaccinated after today, you get 100 You know what would be nice? A little gift card. Oh, that would be a Starbucks card from, from <laughs> yeah. the federal government. Yeah, that would be nice. Oh, with Joe's face on it. <laughs> yeah. I, but I, but I, I, want, I don't want 100 I did the right thing. Yeah. I want 200 Oh, you're getting greedy. <laughs> no, I'm not getting greedy. It's like, why should I get paid the same as somebody who he's now trying to incent to do something that hopefully is the right thing. That's a very valid point. <laughs> I want somebody... Some, listen. Greed motivates. I'm 127 years old. For my entire <laughs> life, the federal government has their hand out from me. This is my opportunity to have my hand out from them. <laughs> Don't begrudge me my little $100. <laughs> Attention, White House. <laughs> or I'm going to vote for somebody else. And by the way, do the pandemic... The number of cancer screenings has taken a nosedive nationwide, and that's really worrying health officials. So uh, let's begin with what's happening as Americans return to work. The Delta variant taking hold. We know that. We've now, we're now seeing COVID outbreaks in workplaces all across the country. Uh, Mitch Steiger is the legislative advocate for the California Labor Federation AFL-CIO. So, Mitch, what should offices be doing? Well, we think that still the best way out of this crisis is to get as many workers vaccinated as possible. And so we, from where we are, strongly encourage workers to get vaccinated. We strongly encourage employers to encourage workers to get vaccinated. Um, we think masking makes makes a lot of sense, you know, even though it's not required by Calosha anymore, things like face coverings and physical distancing can still really help out. So as many of those control measures as can be included in an employer's policy are, are things that we would support. Would you also say there, there could be a push towards keeping people working from home, people who maybe at the, during the brunt of the pandemic were, were working from home, uh, if at all possible, do that now as well? That could definitely make a lot of sense for a lot of different industries. I know that by now we had hoped that things were going to be looking a lot better, especially after reopening on June 15th. But as you all just mentioned, clearly things are, are kind of headed in the wrong direction. And one way to help turn them back in the right direction is, it, it's sorry to say, a lot of us may may need to stay home for a little while longer than we'd anticipated. So that, that brings us to the topic of mandatory vaccines. Uh, companies are all over the map on this. Uh, some companies are not doing anything yet. Some companies are saying uh, employees have to show proof of vaccination, and if not, they have to do testing, uh, which is what California is doing, uh, which is what the federal government is now doing with federal employees. And then there are some companies that are being very strict, and they're saying, nope, if you want to come work here, you've got to be tested. And the unions have been kind of all over the map, depending on which union and where in the country. So is there some uniform policy in the works for the unions that fall under the umbrella of the AFL-CIO? 
I wouldn't say there's a uniform policy just because there really isn't a uniform list of working conditions that different things are going to be better for different groups of workers. I think what we would all say, though, is that we strongly encourage workers to get vaccinated and think it's the best way out of the crisis. And the governor's doing all that he can to get as many people vaccinated as, as possible. But as far as mandatory vaccinations, that's not something that, that we have a position on, but we do and we continue to do everything that we can to encourage members of our affiliated unions to get vaccinated wear face coverings when appropriate, all those different control measures. Dr. Ferrer, the top L.A. County health official, said this week that while overall compliance is solid, inspectors are finding many common rules are being broken in the workplace. Some employers are not providing face masks to employees, not posting signage in their buildings, requiring customers to don their face coverings. I guess what I'm getting at through that is are some companies just not taking the current situation serious enough? I think we would agree with that. Employers are really all over the place. Some are doing the right thing, but sadly, some aren't. And we hear example after example of employers that that just aren't doing what they should to keep workers safe. We just heard about the L Super citation where they were not, they're accused of not giving workers their proper um, emergency paid sick leave. Examples like that we keep hearing about. So yeah, there's still a lot of work to do to make sure that employers are doing everything that they can to keep workers safe. Uh, to go back, though, to the mandatory the issue of mandatory vaccines, uh, I mean, a lot of experts are, are pointing out that we are, have reached the, the point where uh, the only thing that is really keeping this pandemic going in this country uh, is not the Delta variant. It's really people who are unvaccinated, some of whom have decided they just are not going to be vaccinated. So have we reached a time when... Uh, employers should mandate it, and would unions be on board with that? Some might, um, others may not. Um, it's really going to depend on those individual workers and what's best for them and, and what they'd like to see happen. So I, I don't know that, that we can say at the California Labor Federation level that we would argue for or against a vaccine mandate for all workers, just given how different working conditions are for workers in, in a variety of industries. Okay, Mitch Steiger, Legislative Advocate for the California Labor Federation, the AFL-CIO. Uh, Mitch, thank you. The government has been hesitant to issue vaccine mandates, but private businesses, they're, well, they're starting to, from Facebook to, to Netflix. Major companies are announcing that they are going to require employees to be vaccinated in order to return to work in person. Yep, it seems like major corporations are finally starting to put their foot down. Samuel Stryker directs the Center for Labor and Employment Law at NYU Law School. Samuel, what do you make of so many companies essentially mandating that their employees get vaccinated? One problem is the federal government, neither the CDC nor the other agencies, have said that it's an emergency. You must vaccine your people. Must provide. Uh, they must, in fact, pr- provide. Uh, evidence they've been vaccinated. That would be very helpful when they say that. But you know, all the guidances out there are sort of like very much moving around and talking about various liability issues, but they have not said this is essential to public health. Now, it may well be that the federal government cannot require private employers, but it would give them, it would give them cover, in my view, because there are legal issues out there that haven't been fully resolved, and some of them have been identified by the federal agencies, like, for example, someone has a religious objection to vaccination. You know, under the federal law, you have to reasonably accommodate people uh, uh, with respect to their religious practices. And so I think some accommodation will be required there. You can't 
I really urge employers not to fire people because they refuse to show evidence of vaccination. I really urge them because there are a lot of potholes uh, in, in the law, not only in California, but across the nation. And the government has yet to actually back them up. I mean, that's an important point. If employers are going to do it, in my view, this isn't what you asked, but they should do it, the, I think, the same way that uh, California is doing for its public employees. Give employees the choice. Say, we, as a, we require you to provide proof of vaccination, but if you, are, if you can't provide that proof, you'll be subject to periodic testing. I think that's enough of a uh, stick, as it were, to get a lot of people uh, to submit to vaccination, and they should, in my view. Uh, but people have, yes, go ahead. Yeah, Sammy, let me ask you this. Uh, does the, the legal situation remain somewhat murky as well at this point in time because of the emergency use, uh, use authorization that we have for the, the vaccines in play right yes. now? And will that change substantially when they are federally, federally uh, approved outright? Yes, uh, that particular issue... Uh, goes away completely uh, if uh, they get full uh, FDR approval, which they haven't gotten yet. And you should be aware that the Office of Legal Counsel, which is an advisory arm to the president, acting in tandem uh, with the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, have taken on taken the view that that legal objection uh, doesn't have a lot of uh, weight. I'm not sure I agree with their reasoning. Uh, the The statute says. If a, if a vaccine has not been fully approved, you must give people information that they don't have to take it. Uh, and what the government is now saying in this advisory memo from the Office of Legal Counsel and the FDA is, oh, that's, that's just a requirement as information you have to give the, uh, the individual. It is not a limitation on what employers can do. It still remains extremely murky here. There's a serious uh, issue of liability on lots of different fronts. You've got Bargaining obligations with unions are going to have to go through. So I, I think that the, the best alternative, and if you have a union, you need to consult with them, is a requirement that you show proof of vaccination. And if you don't, we're going to you're going to be subject to periodic testing. But Samuel, have, haven't we in, in the country in the past? I'm thinking smallpox in particular. Uh, we've had mandatory vaccines before. So why is it such a ticklish issue now? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I personally don't know why. I mean, there's a question whether the federal government can re- impose this kind of requirement on private employers. I think they can. Uh, and and you, as you say, there's a past uh, experience, some of them which may have been on the state level. But even even if there's a legal issue there, this is something President Biden can work out with the state governors, where there's a joint declaration uh, that it is a matter of public policy and national public policy that uh, all employees are, are vaccinated. You know, it may get tested in the in the courts. There's no guarantee it won't. But believe me, it'll give a lot of cover to employers. They'll feel more comfortable with that kind of a mandate. Right now, it's very unclear. I'm coming out with a piece on Monday in the New York Law Journal on the legal issues. I'll be glad to send you a copy. There are still legal issues, even though it makes sense from a public health standpoint. Uh, that we have uh, mass vaccination. Samuel, let me ask you this. For, for those who complain about uh, mandates on, on vaccinations or companies even knowing if you're vaccinated or not, it seems to me that if, if my company asks me if I'm vaccinated, and let's say, for instance, I'm not vaccinated for whatever reason, they right. could then, A, 
if possible, have me work from home, or B, make sure that I'm masked up in the office and distanced from others for their safety and for my safety? Well, it's very similar to the point I was making about being subject to periodic testing. We don't know what the efficacy of the mask is, uh, so there may still be an issue of safety with, with the mask requirement. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Don't fire them. Even if they're a private at-will employer, do not fire them because there are going to be many, many legal issues confronting you. But give them this alternative. Show us proof or be subject to periodic testing and wearing masks. I think most employers are doing that. California took the lead in giving out that order to its public sector employees, government employees. And I think most employers are going to do that. Right. What I'm urging them not to do is fire people or right. deny them promotions because there is no clear legal path there. Samuel Stryker of uh, New York University Law School. Samuel, thank you. Coming up after a short break, we could see a wave of evictions all across the country with federal protection set to expire in just days. The Biden administration announcing it will allow the federal eviction moratorium to expire this weekend, along with several other expanded social safety net programs that were put in place during the pandemic. This could affect millions of Americans. Andy Winkler is director of housing and infrastructure projects at the Bipartisan Policy Center. So, Andy, what are we going to see when these protections go away this weekend? You know, the, the eviction moratorium in place currently is, is protecting millions of families. The, the pandemic has caused, as you know, widespread unemployment and income losses, uh, putting millions of families at risk of losing their homes. Some of those families still face really significant hardships, haven't gotten back to work, haven't replaced income that they've lost. And the latest estimates that we have show that about six and a half million families face the prospect of losing their homes uh, when this moratorium expires. So it, it could have a really significant impact. Is there a, a decent chance that this very divided and very lethargic, as Chris sort of alluded to, Congress will step in and, and uh, continue this? You know, I, I, I am not super optimistic. Uh, you know, the Biden administration, like you said, has called on Congress to pass some legislation, but the, the deadline is this weekend. Um, it's a really unlikely feat in that short amount of time and without, candidly, much Republican support to move, um, you know, legislation that would extend the eviction moratorium. Uh, but as we speak, congressional Democrats are really looking at options and trying to whip votes to see if it's possible. Um, and in lieu of that, there are lots of other uh, things that can happen. State and local governments themselves have put moratoriums on evictions into place. So there might be some pressure on them to act uh, potentially more quickly than the federal government can. Andy, we're obviously living in a very difficult time right now because of the pandemic. There are those who will argue that we need more social safety nets, those who will argue we have too many. I take it almost all arguments are out the window these days, being that we're in the middle of this this pandemic and, and things must be done to protect people. No, I think you're right. There's a there's a bi there's definitely bipartisan support for helping families who, because of no fault of their own, because of the pandemic, uh, stand to lose their homes. You know, that's not an outcome that anybody really wants. Um, and there are actually a ton of resources available right now through COVID relief legislation that many people aren't aware of. Uh, Congress passed almost fifty billion dollars for emergency rental assistance programs. That money has been distributed to the states, uh, to local governments, to tribes, to territories. 
but there have been a ton of bottlenecks in getting that money out to people. Um, so, you know, and it's it, it's really not their fault. It, it, these programs didn't exist before. So the public officials who are responsible for distributing that emergency rental assistance, you know, they've had to hire staff, create websites, conduct outreach, really build an infrastructure from the ground up to process those applications for relief and get the money out. Um, but with less than a tenth of that money now in the hands of those who need it, they have really run out of time. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure, a lot of push, a lot of attention from, from folks like you trying to make sure people are aware of the resources that exist right now, get it to them as quickly as humanly possible. Um, and long term, I think we're going to have a conversation and policymakers will have a conversation about where there are kind of gaps in the social safety net that have allowed this to happen. Um, you know, I definitely think that that's going to be a conversation moving forward. Particularly on housing. Okay. Andy Winkler, uh, Director of Housing and Infrastructure Projects of the Bipartisan Policy Center. Federal government joining a number of state and local governments now, mandating that employees either get vaccinated or undergo weekly COVID testing. And President Biden, by the way, is considering ordering every single member of the U.S. military to get vaccinated, which he has the power to do because he's the commander in chief. It's good to be the king. Yeah. The hope is that this will help America get through what has become a stubborn wall of vaccine resistance. Amish Adalja is a senior scholar at Johns Hopkins University Center for Health Security. He served as an advisor to FEMA and other government health agencies on pandemic response and preparedness. Doctor, are these new rules going to change things for people who haven't gotten vaccinated so far? I definitely think that it will increase vaccine uptake because it is inconvenient to be tested. And I think that this people want to have their jobs. And I think that this is an important way to incentivize people to get vaccinated. And we know from stories with influenza vaccination mandates at hospitals that once you started to mandate it, people started to get it much more frequently than when it was not mandated. So we know that they work. Uh, it's unfortunate that it has to come to this, but I think from the federal government standpoint in their workforce, this increases workplace safety, increases workforce resiliency, and it's going to have an impact on the spread of the the infection. So I think that this is something I agree with. Yeah, yeah. Charles mentioned people digging in their heels uh, against it. We know the president is going to get pushed back on the vaccine situation. But for public safety, from a public safety standpoint, did President Biden really have any, any choice? No, he's the commander-in-chief. He's the chief executive, and these are his employees. And and you want your workforce to be resilient to COVID-19. That's what you do, just like the, the CEO of the Washington Post decided to have their uh, their employees fully vaccinated. I think this, is a, a, this should be viewed as a, a public health decision, but also a, a business operational decision. I think if you if you want your employees to be working and productive, you don't want them having COVID. You don't want to have to clean up contact trace investigations in your in your offices. You want people to be back in the office. This is the way to do it. And I, I think that if if President Biden gets pushback, it's well worth it. You know, I think uh, in his comments, I think the president kind of tucked into it uh, a message aimed at, at all Americans, not just federal workers, because he addressed the issue that has sort of come to the forefront nowadays with the Delta variant and all this talk about do we need a booster, do we not need a booster, uh, all of which is feeding into either the anxiety or the stubbornness on the part of some to not get vaccinated. And he said, look, the, the science right now says there is no need to have a booster if and when the science says that. We'll, we'll deal with it then. And yes, there 
there are some breakthrough infections, but for people who are fully vaccinated, it's usually not a big deal. And, and, and that was really aimed, I think, at everybody, not just federal workers, right? Right, because I, I do think there's been a lot of press reporting and a lot of attention on breakthrough infections. But the breakthrough infections that we're seeing in fully vaccinated individuals are really clinically insignificant for the most part. If you go in the hospital, it's not vaccinated people that are there. It's almost virtually all unvaccinated individuals. So I think what, what we're trying to do is explain to people that the vaccines are designed to do three things, stop serious disease, stop hospitalizations, and stop death. And based on that metric, all three of our vaccines in the United States are performing off the scale. Doctor, for those who, for whatever reason, can't or won't get vaccinated against COVID-19, can they, should they, be accommodated in some other way? It, it depends upon what the, the indication is. To me, I, there, if you're an adult, there's very few medical contraindications to the COVID-19 vaccines. And because we have at least two different versions, mRNA vaccines exemplified by Moderna and Pfizer and the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So usually if for, there's some reason why you can't get one, you could likely get one. You could get the other version of the virus, but uh, of the vaccine. I, I think that we have to actually look at this and understand why people are refusing. And if there is a legitimate reason, a medical reason, uh, and I think it's only a medical reason that can be legitimate, uh, then I think that's something up for, for, for discussion. But clearly, if you're if you're not unvaccinated, you remain at, if you're unvaccinated, you remain at risk for contracting COVID-19, and you are a risk and you are a threat to other unvaccinated individuals, including people that are under the age of 12 that can't be vaccinated. By doing what he did today, the president, uh, for federal workers and contractors, does that, do you think, give some uh, necessary cover to private employers who may be still somewhat squeamish about laying down the law to employees when it comes to vaccinations? When big organizations like the federal government, like the Department of Veterans Affairs uh, and big hospital systems mandate the vaccines, it does give a lot of other people cover. I know in, in my hometown in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, one of the, the chief medical officers there is waiting for bigger hospitals to do it before he does it because he's scared of the nurses, nursing union. Um, and I think that, that this does give a lot more cover when you see that this is being done by the federal government. So there is a lot of support for this and they're not out there alone doing this. And hopefully this will start a trend especially um, in the healthcare industry, where I think it, it's deplorable that we don't have universal vaccination. Okay. Dr. Amish Adalja, Senior Scholar, Johns Hopkins University Health Center. Dr. Adalja, thank you. Health officials have a lot to be worried about these days, and you can add one more thing to the list. Yes, one more thing. Due to the pandemic, America saw a steep decline in the number of people getting screened for cancer. Oh, for you know what's sake. You know, it's like... <laughs> If it's not one thing, it's, it's the other. You know, and I thought COVID was so bad, but apparently cancer numbers are going up as people are not getting screened. And even with these things opening back up, these numbers are way lower. Is it because of COVID? Is it not because of COVID? A number of nonprofits are trying to make sure people are getting these screenings. You know what? Go get vaccinated. Go get screened. Matt Leon of KYW Radio in Philadelphia spoke with Dr. James Perry, the chief medical officer for the Alliance of Cancer Screenings, about those efforts and just what needs to happen. Well, beginning uh, with the, at the time of the start of the pandemic, people stopped coming for their screening visits. There is a drastic decline in screening in the cancers that we do screen for, such as breast cancer, colorectal cancer, lung cancer, cervical cancer, 
and uh, prostate cancer. And uh, the, the drop-off was severe. And, and there, were, there were legitimate reasons for that. People were under sort of lockdown situations. The hospitals were overwhelmed with COVID patients. They were unable to perform the tests that they usually perform. The physicians who do the screening uh, weren't available to do that. So it was, a, it was a very difficult situation, very understandable. Now, unfortunately, as the situation improved over the course of 2020, the screening did not get back to where it was before. And so for that reason, we feel that we need to do this campaign to encourage people that it's safe to return for their screening tests that they were doing before the pandemic uh, now, as you know, screening is performed for certain cancers, for individuals who are in average or high risk situations when they reach the age where we start to see cancers in men and women. So screening starts, for example, in breast cancer at age 50, sometimes at age 40 in higher risk women. In colorectal cancer, it starts at age 45 and so on. And those individuals are generally informed by their primary care doctors that they need to have these tests performed at certain intervals. That really did not take place to a large degree in 2020, and we're trying to get that back to where it was before. The other problem with not, not showing up for screening is those individuals who would have been identified with cancer as a result of screening missed that opportunity perhaps to have been diagnosed at an earlier stage where cure, the chance for cure is greater. So we're concerned about people not screening, but we're also concerned about people having delayed their screening to the point where if they do have cancer and we find it, it's at a more advanced stage. And that has already been observed. As far as the, the numbers not coming back to people getting screened, are there hypotheses? Is it just because this was one of those things where your next appointment was set when you were at the doctor and it almost kind of took care of itself? You kind of get out of that rhythm. It's not something people think about to proactively make a call. Is the, you know, have people gotten spooked by the pandemic of going to doctors at all? Any hypothesis as to why you haven't seen kind of the rise back? Probably all of those things. Um, you know, in 2020, people's lives were disrupted and getting their screening tests was not at the, the high, the top of their priority list. In addition, primary care physicians were actually only seeing patients on through telemedicine. They weren't seeing patients in the office for quite a while in 2020. As I mentioned in the very beginning of the pandemic, when the hospitals were, were you know, overloaded with COVID patients, they simply weren't able to do mammograms and other forms of testing. And um, GI doctors weren't available to do colonoscopies in hospitals for the same reason. So some of it was logistical, and some of it was that the patient, that that patients and healthcare uh, providers had other things to do, and so it wasn't the same priority that it was. And we want to reestablish this as a priority for people as it was before the pandemic. With the Delta variant, things are certainly trending in the wrong direction right now. Restaurants, they are worried. Some of the country's largest confirmed workplace COVID-19 outbreaks this summer, they've been linked to 
well, restaurants and bars. Here in Los Angeles County, half of the 10 largest confirmed outbreak sites were at hospitality settings. I like the way that's phrased, hospitality settings. Is that just restaurants and bars? Was that's that a, what that means. Yes, it's a that, restaurant or a bar, but it's a hospitality that setting. That doesn't include, like, other hospitality <laughs> Organizations? No, the other places are hostile settings. <laughs> these are these are hospitality ones. Uh, it seems unlikely, by the way, that we'll have another total shutdown. But you know, don't be surprised if your favorite restaurant is only offering takeout in the near future. Listen, you know what? I get it. I've been to a couple of restaurants. Um, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to go back. I'm good with takeout. I'm good with delivery. I'm not sure I'm willing to sit at a table. Certainly with people I know is fine, but I don't know what's going on with the people next to me and the people at the table next to them and the people surrounding them. It, I understand the concern. You know what I want? I want a restaurant to deliver the food and cook it in my house. Actually, you know what I want? I want a restaurant like the federal government giving me $100 back. <laughs> I just realized something. You know what I want? A maid. <laughs> yeah. And a cook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. You know what? Yes, that's what that's I want. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I want a maid and a cook, and yeah. apparently you need to go get a cancer screening while <laughs> you're cleaning and while they're cooking. Guess what? You can find this pod. Well, maybe not this one, but a podcast like this one at the Odyssey dot uh, com site. And this one too. And this you can yeah. find this. You one. You can find this. But one, after yes. the last three minutes, I'm not sure you want to find. <laughs> no, this you'll one. find this one. <laughs> you know, but if you want to. And you know what? If they don't find it, it will find them. Well, it might. But guess what? <laughs> if you're hearing my voice. You found it. And you know where you found it? It could be odyssey.com app. It could be Apple Podcast. could be Google Podcast. It could be Stitcher. One of those places you found us, please, despite the last three minutes, hit the button and subscribe. A butler, too. That would be nice. <laughs>